0: Welcome to Equip, a special edition of the Teen Packed podcast brought to you by the Teen Pact Alumni Network. Here, we provide tools and resources to help you navigate your career, grow in your faith, and equip you to glorify God through your talents and passions. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hello and welcome to this edition of Equip, which is a monthly podcast produced by the Teen Packed Alumni Network for the purpose of encouraging you in areas of leadership, spiritual growth, and career development. My name is Carlin Sullivan, and I will be your host today. And I'm really excited to speak to our guest today, um, a dear friend and past co-worker, Anna Montgomery. Anna is an entrepreneur at heart and has many experiences starting companies, working for cor- corporations and ministries, including Team Pact, having many side businesses, and has most recently switched to creating her own company and working full-time for herself. She'll be sharing with us today how she strives to create a culture where her team feels valued. And we're so excited to hear what she has to share. So Anna, welcome to, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk today. Yeah, it's great to see you again. Um, before we get started, let's tell our listeners just a little bit about your Team Packed experience over the years, because it's vast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I got sent to Team Packed as a little one-day student uh, way back maybe in 20, 2002 or 2003, so I'm old, um, but did not wasn't really a huge fan. But then my mom sent me to the four-day class, and as you all know, you get forced to go to a four-day class, and then you fall in love, and you just get stuck. Um, so I did four, uh, a couple four-day classes, uh, staffed one year, um, and really thought my season at Team Pack was done. Um, I never interned, didn't kind of go that route, but really just kind of went off did other things. Um, and my mom actually got invited to come be the state co of Indiana, and she just pulled me in right in to help her. And so I state coed Indiana. Um, for seven or eight years with my mom. And then through kind of that work through Team Pact, um, ended up becoming good friends with people in the office and then ended up working from the for the office uh, from 2016 to 2019 um, as a field director, overseeing New England classes, and then um, assistant director of communications. So love Team Pact. Uh, I would not be where I am today were it not for Team Pact. And so I look back on that season as just... Um, with a lot of gratefulness it was just such a really
1: um, good season of growth so yeah yeah that's great that's where you and I got connected for which I'm grateful so even while you're working at team pact even when you were in college and things like that you always seem to have what you what you refer to as your side hustle so where did that entrepreneur spirit come from and what kind of companies had smaller companies had you started in the past
0: Yeah. Um, I think that I have just always been a starter. Um, it's a little bit harder for me to finish things, but, um, I've definitely always loved, I love change. I love growing things. I love, you know, starting new projects. So I think for me, um, even though I always had, you know, steady jobs, there was always a part of me that wanted to start something new. Um, I actually wouldn't really consider myself an entrepreneur, um, kind of as our culture defines it. I think that for me, I just, I love to start and grow things. And so, when I wasn't having maybe a lot of opportunity to start or grow things at work, I was starting and growing things on the side. So I have um, been part of some nonprofits starting. I had a couple of hand lettering businesses. Um, I started a goal setting initiative that ran for a couple of years with a friend. Have um, just done a lot of different things, and a lot of them have been successful. Some of them have been total flops, um, but none of them are really stuck around because I often did them in isolation. And so that's kind of what actually led to kind of
1: changing up the way I approach things and building the team. So what are you doing now? Tell us about the company that you've recently created the last couple of years. Um,
0: Yeah. So I could never have imagined being where I am today. Um, Like I said, I worked in nonprofit and church communications and brand strategy for about 11 years Um, team pack was part of that. I worked at a church for part of that, worked at a brand agency for part of that. Um, and I kind of came back to this place where I was in a place without a job and it was 2020. I had graduated, um, with a degree in ministry leadership and 2020 was a terrible time to get a job as we all know. Um, and so I thought about starting my own thing, but I was really frustrated by the isolation of being a solo creative. And so, um, someone challenged me to go build a team. And so I started in February of 21 with myself and another writer, and we were going to build brands for nonprofits and it was just going to be us. It was going to be a little brand studio, but it grew really quickly. And so, um, it doubled consistently every year. We're about two and a half now. And I have a team of 13 that works for me, uh, based all across the United States. Some of the best people you ever meet,
1: Uh, (laughs)
0: And since launching, so it started off kind of as as we're just going to be this little brand studio, but our team has just had opportunities that we could never have expected. So we've been part of launching global initiatives for Compassion International. We have raised funds for a new philanthropic fund focused on cultural renewal. We have built platforms for discipleship ministries and built brand awareness for refugee legal aid groups. Um, And so with this growth, we kind of realized that we are not who we started off as. And so I really opened, we opened that up as a team project this spring um, with the conversation of who are we and what does that mean for each team member individually? And so through a very collaborative project, we actually decided to rename. So when you guys hear this podcast, we are no longer Anna Montgomery and Co. We've got, um, when Carla and I are recording, we have like one week left. Um, But we're making the leap from Anna Montgomery & Co. to Amenable to emphasize a wider range and depth of skills that our team brings. So we see ourselves as holistic brand partners for mission-driven people, um, rather than exclusively design or marketing service providers. So if someone asks, the way we explain ourselves is we are a branding and creation firm. Um, So we believe brand is at the heart of an organization, and we want to focus our brand work on things that clearly embody and holistically strengthen organizational health. And so we really try to collaborate with churches, nonprofits, mission-driven individuals and small businesses to really renew every corner of culture so that they can do their best work better. Um, Our new name, Amenable, um, I'm really excited about. This was actually something that one of our team members came up with and the whole team has really rallied around. Um, it invokes the concept of being agreeable and open to new ideas, which is something we want to, um, communicate to our clients and our community. We want to come across as having a kind of confidence that shows that we have an open mind and seek new challenges. Um, there's the word amen hidden in it, which really alludes to like our team's approach towards, um, the God honoring conviction and honor honoring him that we want to bring to every project. But there's also the word enable in the project, in the name, um, which allows us to kind of visually highlight what we do. We enable our clients to live out their missions um, through really effective brands,
1: organizational, healthy organizations, and healthy cultures. I love that. You know, often with with jobs and and career opportunities, it's not so much about what you're paid, even though it's nice to be well-paid for sure, but often it's the culture which people find themselves working in, you can be paid a ton of money and be had work for in a horrible environment and you're miserable, or you could, you know, make a decent income and work in a place where you're valued and you think you have the best job in the world. So what do you do in your company that creates a culture where people feel valued? What are some practical things that you do to create that environment for them?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we're a fully remote team and I honestly have not, some of my team members, I haven't actually met in person before. And some of them I haven't seen in person for years. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, we don't, we don't collaborate in person. We don't have a lot of the traditional things that a company would have, but there's a great sense of team unity and we do that. And we kind of create that sense of team value by through a couple different ways. So one of the things we do is we have regular huddles. So these are, um, different team, different small subgroups. So like our writers have a huddle. Um, our designers are getting ready to have a huddle. Our marketing team has a huddle. Our biz dev team has a huddle. And these are basically 30 minute regular standing meetings. Um, we try to be really proactive. So they're short and sweet, but they're just an opportunity for those people to come together and collaborate. And sometimes it's a very productive, our clients don't get billed for this time, by the way, if your clients are listening, you're not getting billed for this. Uh, <laughs> our, but it's, it's effective time for basically our writers to get together. They just get together and toss around ideas. Or sometimes our marketing team will get together and we'll just like brainstorm or collaborate. Or sometimes we just sit and we talk about our weekends. And so by kind of coming into them very organically and accepting the fact that sometimes we need to have a serious conversation and sometimes we just need to hang out, um, gives us a builds that team bond and allows us to connect on a deeper level. Um, it's really important to me that team members feel heard and known, and so we're always having a constant conversation about job satisfaction, role fit, and kind of long-term goals for everyone. Um, And so what that looks like is that every month I send a, we use Basecamp, so I send a ping to all my team members and I ask them, hey, how are you feeling on a scale of one to five? What are you enjoying most? What's most challenging? And what can I do to help you? And that gives them an opportunity in private to just kind of share honestly about how they feel Um, And I, as a leader, I try to model this by communicating honestly, but I also want my team members to know that they can speak honestly. So when they come to me and they tell me they're overwhelmed about work, I praise them for that. When they come to me and tell me that they're frustrated about something, I praise them for their honesty because I want them to feel safe being able to share. And when they are able to share, that allows us to create that healthy culture.
1: Um, Is that hard for people to do initially? Um, it is.
0: I've realized with some team members that um, I had one team member, we track all our time a couple of weeks and a couple of weeks ago, I messaged her and asked her, if she really worked um, X number of hours on a project. And I meant that I thought she probably didn't work enough and probably hadn't like tracked her time correctly. And I needed to pay her more. And she thought I was correcting her for working too much. Um, um, so I think for new team members, it can feel a little bit strange to have someone who so actively is kind of like, Hey, are you, are you tracking enough time to make sure you're getting paid fairly? Are you actually getting enough rest? Are you actually, you know, do you need to step back? So to have someone who's probably a little bit aggressive at times, pushing in to help them have good job satisfaction can feel a little strange for people.
1: You may start getting pinged by people who are asking if you have any openings.
0: <laughs> Once oh, we actually are going to make some hires
1: this fall. So, <laughs> okay. this sounds like an incredible place to work. Is it, um hard to find people that fit into your team culture well and what kind of do you use the personality assessment tools when you're hiring and how do you find these workers? Yeah
0: um so I'm actually a Myers-Briggs consultant so I do love a good personality assessment (laughs) however we don't use them as part of the hiring process. Um, I think that personality assessments are a great tool but they can create boxes that kind of make you presume something about someone and so really what we'll do all of our hiring primarily has come through word of mouth and referrals. So so so-and-so knows someone who's looking for a job or um, we have a connection or something like that. Um, I pray a lot. One of the things that starting this business has really taught me is the power of prayer. And so as soon as I know that there's a job opening, I start praying about it. Um, And I've really kind of come to the place where I recognize the fact that just because I don't find someone right away doesn't mean the right person isn't coming and I need to make a fast hire. So I really try to hire slow and hire right. Um, And so sometimes we might have a position that's open for a long time. Sometimes it might be open for like a day or two. Um, Most of the time it comes through referrals. Sometimes we will do an open hire. Um, That's how we actually found our, she was our social media intern. Then she got hired as our social media manager and she just got promoted. Um, Emma Smith um, is awesome. She actually came through the Team Packed Alumni Network Um, and so yeah, just love leaning into those connections um and finding people. But most of the team has come kind of through personal relationship, either with myself or
1: someone else on the team. Oh, wow. Um after you've hired somebody and you put them in a specific role, have you ever had a a situation where you decided that their skill set probably isn't best for that role? And have you had to like pivot a little bit? And is that hard to do? Is it hard for the individual to be told that? You know, you're not really excelling in this role, but I think you'd be great at this role. Has that ever happened in your company?
0: Yeah, we've actually, almost every team member has had a role change since coming to work with me. And some have had two or three. Um, So I do, along with that monthly check-in, once a quarter, I hop on a Zoom call with every person for a 30, to 45-minute conversation. And it's just an opportunity for us to, like, catch up, build relationship. But then one of the things I really press into is asking them questions about kind of job satisfaction and figuring out, Hey, is this the right fit for your strengths? Um, I believe that you can have a job where you really love what you do and you really get to lean into the things you're good at. And so I'll usually ask the team like, Hey, what are things you want to learn in the next six months? Um, where do you want to go? What kinds of things do you want to accomplish? I hope everyone on my team is with me forever because I love them so much, but I know that realistically they're not going to be. And this is just kind of a stepping stone to whatever their next opportunity is. So because mm-hmm. of that, I also want to look forward to the future with them and say, Hey, what do you want to do long term? And how can we create a job where you're not only doing great work for amenable and you're helping build the company and build our clients work, but we're also giving you the the skills you need to go on to that next opportunity that God has for you. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. We do a lot of role shifting, a lot of role changing. Um, if it's pretty dramatic, most of the time, if, if we're making a dramatic shift, the other person who's kind of in the role and shifting has been part of the process of defining that new role. So we're never actually like hard shifting
1: someone into a new role where they kind of feel like the rug got pulled out from under them. And sometimes they, you don't even realize as a, as a team member, you're in the wrong role until you're in the right role and you just kind of come alive. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh, this oh, is such a better fit. This lights my fire. I'm excited about this. I can do the other job and do it fine, yeah. but I'm not excited about it. And excited team members, I would think produce greater results and everyone's happy.
0: <laughs> and they really bring, I think that's like the big thing I've noticed is we want to be a culture, create a culture where we're not just like issue identifiers, but we're problem solvers. And when you put someone into the right role, they really take a great level of ownership over that role. And they start solving problems, not only for the clients and for the team, but they're also seeing problems in other areas of the company where they're saying, Hey, I see us over here in marketing, working on this. And I think maybe leaning into my new skills and my strengths, we could solve it this way, which I love to see. I, it excites me so much when a team member comes to me and is like, I have an idea and here's how to solve it. I just feel like such a proud parent at that point. Cause I'm like, oh,
1: I'm not needed. You know, when we were talking about the podcast, Anna, you mentioned something that you're working with a a coach for yourself, actually, to how to be a a better leader, which I love that you're, you're, you're learning as much as your team members are still learning. And you came up with the, um, the phrase you used was uh, leading from behind. Can you talk a little bit about that? What does that mean? What does that look like as a, as a leader? Yeah. Um, So I think, you know, this
0: starting this company has been a, a real growing process for me. So I I'm definitely a strong personality. I love to talk um, and I always have ideas. So it can be, um, I think it's easy for me to come into a space and just be the person who's always at the center of it. And and that was okay when we started off, it kind of needed to be that way. But as we've grown, I've realized that sometimes I'm too much and I make opportunities for other people to speak up and have their voices heard disappear because I always have an idea. And so I've started working with an executive coach um, who has just been amazing. She was um, part of a C-suite at a large company for many years and just brings great experience. Uh, But she's also really similar to me. And one of the things that she's been working on with me is this concept of leading from behind. And that's recognizing the fact that as a leader, we can stand out in front you know, that's what a lot of people do, but sometimes a more effective position is to kind of take the backseat and really focus on influencing and kind of coaching and directing from more of that backseat position, not like a backseat driver. Cause we all hate those, but creating space. So for me in a meeting, that means that, um, I'm going to take notes the whole meeting and I'm not going to talk. Um, and that when someone asks my opinion, I'm going to push it back and ask for theirs, or I'm going to reach out when someone identifies a problem. I'm going to say like, well, how would you solve that? And so by really trying to put the emphasis on leading from behind, my role becomes that more of a facilitator and an influencer for the team. Um, this This growing venture is not because of me. And that's one of the things I try to emphasize to my team a lot is the success of Amenable is not because Anna is really good at her job. The success of Amenable is because every team member brought their best and invested and grew this thing. And so I think, you know, we live... A little bit in this world, I think that's why I don't love the word entrepreneur because entrepreneurs tend to be very like self-focused and really what this is, is I'm the founder and I have a team of co-founders. They are just as invested in the mission and making this happen as I am. And it's an honor to be able to kind of facilitate and influence and bring that together. But my role is just as an influencer. It's not actually, um, although I'm terrible at social media, so not that kind of influencer. Um, it's really just to kind of bring everyone together and kind of lead from behind. hmm
1: well, this, that concept can be used in any position. I mean, we teach that, you know, to our, at our state classes about being a leader, but how to honor others and their giftings as well and not have to be the center, center stage. So that's just wonderful. I really appreciate that. Um, well, you may a plug for the team patch on my network, which I was very excited to hear. So Emma Smith really found her job. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's um, worth joining. It's worth it is worth joining, off.
0: especially because I'm gonna be hiring again this fall. So folks
1: okay. in there again. There um, you go. We'll keep an eye out for the new branding. Is yeah. the company being rebranded as well as far as colors? We're doing and, a on? slight
0: rebrand, not a big rebrand. Okay. Um, I love change, so we'll probably do a full rebrand in a couple of <laughs> years. Um, my poor team, we have been in a constant state of scaling, and so. I recognize the fact this is part of leading from behind because I love change and I love moving things along so quickly. um, That can be a little too much. And I try to hire people who are different than me Mm -hmm. because I want to create that that tension. And I want to have people who are great at the things that I am really terrible at. And so, yeah. So as far as like change, like, yeah, I would change everything right now. I would totally rebrand. I would do everything different because I love that. But my team members who are smart and practical and grounded recognize the fact of like, that's pushing our capacity too much. And so I need to like, listen to that and recognize the fact of hmm, sometimes it's good to grow slow and kind of accept like the reality of the situation instead of living kind of in the dreamland that I sometimes like to be in.
1: Well, that makes it even a better leader is that you're listening to your team and this is not good for the team. It might be good for Anna and her brain and her creativity, but not good for for the team so good for okay. you. and a thank you. such great information on how to create a culture that is God honoring to the individual and um, clearly from the success of your company, you are being blessed um, by the culture you're creating. So hopefully people can take these uh, tips and tricks and just ways to connect and make people feel part of something. And I think that's what we all do. we don't just want to be, feel like we're part of something larger than ourselves and making a difference in the world. And so you're doing that. So kudos to you. So thank you for being our guest today. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. All right. We'll keep our eye on the network and jobs coming up and the future of your company. So, all right, take care.